deal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross eye Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down. It'll waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat trick. In the clincher, Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Get into it. Looking forward to the conclusion of the opening week of the preseason for the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow. Then they will uh, step back and look at where the roster is. I would assume you'll get a couple more adjustments before the final three games next week Mm -hmm. uh, for Vegas. Uh, Big tune-up towards the opening night uh, ceremonies that is going to take place at T-Mobile Arena uh, and the banner-raising ceremony. Uh, got a little bit uh, more information on what's going to happen. I'm excited uh, about October 10th and uh, looking forward to being able to share that with uh, with everybody in the mm. next little bit. But uh, it it's not going to disappoint anybody that uh, has been around this franchise and has expectations of a performance of a show Mm, i i wouldn't expect anything less um i i'm going in with with no expectations but i'm expect but i i believe i'll be blown away i I really do and it uh it was a planned space up uh on Mm, the wall on on the uh banner wall okay so they've they've left it there for the Stanley. it wasn't just uh somebody (laughs) doing some remodeling Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. did the measurements wrong yeah I believe the Millard, you're an idiot, uh, came up uh, at the office today when when we were talking about that. Is that how it goes? Yeah, yeah, sometimes sometimes they'll just say, Mallard, you're an idiot. Or Mallard, and then it just stops. That that I just take as, you're an idiot. And then it doesn't have to to finish with that. Uh, (laughs) Brendan Brisson played up with Jack Eichel last night and Mm -hmm. Jonathan Marchessault. You have four games left in this preseason. Has Brennan Brisson entered the conversation for the open wing spot with William Carlson, who has not played yet in, in the preseason? He's the only guy in the uh, cup clinching night that, that hasn't played yet. Uh, has Brennan Brisson put himself in the category with uh, a Sheldon Rempel, who's an outsider, uh, outside shot uh, mm-hmm. of making that team, but Pavel Dorofiev and Paul Cotter? Personally, I don't think so. Um, I'm with you on that. I, I think Brendan Brisson is getting some really good looks to to just continue to push himself and develop into the player that I think he hopes to be. I, with Brisson, I, w- I like the idea that we're seeing him alongside talented players. I like the idea that we're seeing him with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau because given his shot, given his skill level, ultimately when he gets here, that's where you want him to fill a spot. So I think that getting him reps and and used to being around and in that spot is is a good thing but i i don't view Brendan Burson as as pushing the way that a Max Comtois or a Pavel Dorofiev or a Paul Cotter is right now at this point so you've got Max Comtois yep <clears throat> Paul Cotter yep Pavel Dorofiev mm-hmm. and then you've Brendan Burson and Sheldon Rempel have made noise in camp mm-hmm. 
Rempel is a 28-year-old, signed predominantly for depth within the organization, yep. score a lot for Henderson, and if you need it, give you some jump and some veteran presence where a coach has trust in a, in a player coming up yep. and, and plot him uh, right, right in the lineup. And Brisson is the blue-chip prospect, first-rounder, mm -hmm. and, and making some noise. I don't discount, the more I think about it, Brennan Brisson playing in the National Hockey League and playing a lot this year mm -hmm. in the National Hockey League because he was a first-rounder and because it's been a couple of years since that draft. Uh, one more year of college, one more uh, first-year pro. Uh, there's, there's reason to buy into that. He's going to have to make it an absolute no decision mm -hmm. for Vegas. Mm -hmm. They, He's done everything we can't. Send him, send him down, right? Or we can't afford not to to, to bring him he, up if he, has if to he be, makes the team out of, out of camp. He has to be undeniable. So then it comes down to if you're if you're looking at the the people that are really vying for the here and now and the two open forward spots, the one on Carlson's wing and then the thirteenth forward, Max Comtois, Paul Cotter, and Pavel Dorofiev. Mm. After three games, and Multiple looks from each player. Who has the edge? I don't think anyone does right now. I think it's an even heat. I think all three guys are, are probably on even footing at this point. You know, he, like I, I think Max Comtois got better last night than he was his first game in San Jose. You noticed him more physical around the puck. Um, I, I thought his game was better last night and, and he's he's getting better game by game, but we're we're not talking about a long runway here, right? Like you you need, I think, Max Comtois the next time he gets out there to to do something just a little bit more impactful than what he's done. Um I think Paul Cotter, it, it's tough because he had such a good camp last year. He was so noticeable and did make that decision a no-brainer that you're not necessarily getting the same feeling from Cotter in this camp so far. Um, Pavel Dorofiev had a, a you know really good game in San Jose. And right now, I just think that they're all pretty even going into this final week of, of training camp. I don't think anyone's pulled away from, one, from the others. I agree with you to a certain point. Mm -hmm. I think Cotter and Dorofiev, neck and neck. Mm -hmm. Cotter had an edge because of his games played last year. He was in the National Hockey League the whole year. Has Dorofiev eaten into that edge? Yes, with with his play. Uh, I, I think that is 1-1-A, one, one and the final four games are going to determine it. Max Comtois doesn't have a contract. Mm -hmm. So that automatically, because he hasn't been as noticeable as Dorofiev, that automatically puts him down just one one level sure because there's there's no rope there there's no insurance Cotter had that little bit of a, a bump gap yeah. at the start so I, I think it would probably go Cotter Dorofiev and then Comtois has to do something yeah in these four games to put himself in a position to negotiate a contract to make Vegas who is bumping it against the cap limit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. make Vegas Sign another player to a contract, yeah. Instead of going with they already have, yeah. And and I, 
that it's it's interesting because I I I think that if there was more time for Comtois outside of just four games, like if there was a contract, if you had a little bit more runway, ultimately I think that he could be a really really good fit for this Vegas Golden Knights team. But right now, what you need, if you're Kelly McCrimmon, is you need to see that pop from Max Comtois. You need to see where or, or envision in your mind where he's going to fit in this lineup on this team and make you better. And and it, it hasn't gotten to that point yet. He, he's gotten better, but it hasn't gotten to that point yet. Who do you think is the fit right now? Who gives you the most versatility? Uh, Dorothea can play both sides. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's versatility in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's flexible in, in where he's comfortable playing. You know, I, I, I feel like I still need to see more of, of Pavel. Like, the, the sample size is, is small. And it's not that Paul Cotter's sample size is, is exponentially bigger. It's just that there were op- opportunities for Cotter up and down the lineup, and he performed last year in all of those different opportunities. So... I would say flexibility right now is probably leaning toward Cotter over Pavel. But but then you, you start to look at where he's going to play. And the fit will be alongside William Carlson. And I'd make the argument that Pavel Dorofiev alongside William Carlson, that's where he played predominantly last year and had pretty good chemistry. You know a name that was in the mix a year ago? Hmm. Jonas Rombier. Yeah. Not talked about a lot right now. He had a penalty shot in the third period. He did. And I was rooting like crazy for oh, the guy. Oh, I wanted him to score for, so bad. For that guy. Because yeah. he is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. He is. The, he would not fit in in this room at all. He he was uh, he was a walk-off interview for the uh, the first intermission. And I, I sw- every time I hear him speak, I just, I like, your, your belief in humanity grows because he's just so nice. Yeah, it's. I was just hoping that because he does everything well. Yeah. He was a guy, Garrett Calloway and I uh, from Vegas Golden Knights Communication and uh, Content and PR team were talking today. He did a great job killing penalties last night, mm-hmm. uh, working his way in there. He does everything right. There's just not that dynamic part of his game mm-hmm. and to finish chances. If he finishes that chance, it becomes a storyline. And maybe we're talking about him in that same vain as with a Max Comtois, Paul Cotter, Pavel Dorofiev. Yeah, I, it, it was a good it was a good showing for Jonas Rombierg in almost everything but like finishing the play. But just nothing stands out. You do everything right. Yeah. But nothing stands out. Yeah. It's a great coat of paint. But the color is not eye-catching. Sure. That's a terrible it's, analogy. Well, it's, I'll come up with another one. It kind of. Well, you, what's, your, what's your better? What's the better analogy? You, Stadler and Waldorf back there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to have a better one. I'm just going to tell you that that one was terrible. Well, you, you can't. You can't say, "Oh, that's horrible." Well, listen, Stadler and Waldorf. I don't even know the reference. Muppets. Oh boy, the two old guys, two old guys up. Yeah, no. To- they're not I half was, bad. They're was, all bad. <laughs> I, I wasn't a Muppet kid, I guess. Uh, oh, man. You're, you really you missed out. Do, do, do me a favor. Okay. Because you've got uh, you got Bluetooth in your truck, right? Mm-hmm. You can, yeah. 
download like a, a link to on YouTube, Stadler and Waldorf. Just okay. type it in okay. and play it on the way home tonight. Oh, boy. The, these two old crotchety guys who are mean son of a guns. Mm. And they are hilarious. Okay. Like it, this is 35 years, 40 years old. And people either call them the two old guys or they might do some research and, and Stadler and Waldorf. Oh. They're not even real people, yeah. but they're, they're really good. They're puppets. They're, no, they're, they're Muppets. They're, eh, they're mean Muppets. Me, like mean, mean? Crotchety mean. Like, oh, okay. like old guy mean. in the nursing home who yells at you yeah, mean? Yeah. Like old man yells at clouds mean? Yes. Okay, all right. No, but they're very sarcastic and funny. Wow. They're funnier than the act. I feel like I'm missing out. Like, you really are. My childhood yeah. was a yeah. sham. I don't yeah. know this. I mean, the fact that you, well, to be fair, the Muppet show probably was off the air by the time you were of age to where you would have watched it. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, I know I didn't. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you really missed out. It, it, it's, it'll be a fun exercise for you, and it'll be entertaining. Or you might turn it off after 35 seconds and say, well, Very those, those guys, Mallard's an idiot, uh, going on down that path. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, uh, we're looking for an update there. Let's, uh, let's get into Bruce Cassidy, his media availability, uh, in which he does – down the road during this conversation, address uh, what is going on with the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman, uh, but starts with uh, the melee last night. You mentioned last night that you want to look at the other team's lineup and just kind of what they're putting out there before you decide on your own. What is that dynamic kind of, how, how is that with so many guys with different motivations? Well, you do and you don't, right? Like, I, I think I, what I was referring to is like, you want to have enough physicality in your lineup when you're putting your veteran guys in for the first time. So there's no surprises, right? Like some of the American League younger guys, I'm just not up to speed with some of them. Um, but we have those discussions internally as well. Like I don't know with Arizona and LA going to Australia, we weren't sure what we were going to see yet. We still got to get our guys going. We can't wait till it's equal lineup, et cetera. So, I think I was more referring to, you know, Stoney takes a, a hit from maybe an American League guy that's known for physicality. But at the end of the day, it's still hockey, right? You got to go out and play no matter who's out there. Um, but you can get some better. Uh, I think the players can, you know, rate themselves better in their game when they're playing against equals. Let's put it that way. Even though it's exhibition, guys are not playing like it's playoff hockey. Sometimes it's a little better test for them to where they're at in their game. I think that's kind of where I was trying to go with it, um, yet still get your guys up to speed, right? So uh, it is what it is. You know, we went into San Jose. They had some of their top guys. They're getting ready to go. And it's a good evaluation for our guys that are playing against them. Hey, that's a good line in the league. Can you check them or can you defend them? <clears throat> I think it goes both ways. You mentioned yesterday, you know, having Jack on the penalty kill a little bit more. I guess where do you see kind of areas of growth still in his game? How much can he still well, I think both special teams. Um, I think on the power play, the puck was moving better last night. Sometimes it's gotten stagnant. That's not all on Jack. That's on five guys in the ice. But I'd like to see him take command of that and, and, and up our pace of our power play. All five guys. But it goes goes through him. Um, penalty kill, yeah. Face off. Uh, winning the first draw. Really digging in to try to get the initial clear. Uh, good stick. Like, he was good last night on pressure at the right point. I never... I don't remember saying Jack was 
not good in the PK. I think I never used him on the PK. So it was a bit of an unknown because we were trying to get other people in there and then balance his minutes, right? So I've been upfront about that. I'd prefer he stays under 20 minutes because I think it's going to help him in the long run. It's going to help our team in the long run. And our goal is to be there in the long run. So that's a little bit of the usage uh, dilemma we'll have with, with some guys that minutes get up there. Um, so <clears throat> right now I would say Special teams an area that we're going to talk to Jack. I think five on five, he checks as well as anybody. His offensive game is good. Shooting more would be an area. I think he, he has one of the better shots on our team too, and he likes to defer sometimes and make the play. He's a center. I get all that. Uh, I just think he, he's got a dangerous shot, and he could use it a little more often to keep teams honest, but that might be more power play driven as well. Coach, uh, I'm working on a piece of the, the championship team, so I apologize for asking you to look back and look ahead of this season. But, uh, when you took this job last year, what was the organization's message to you? And then what was your message to the team heading into the season? And also, what did you know you had a special group on Well, the message... When I took over is they missed the playoffs the year before. They made some changes, obviously, at the head coach position. And they wanted to get back to where they were. So, in a nutshell, that was the big picture. And now you start talking about what your strengths and weaknesses are. We're, we're, okay, so why did the team fail so to speak and not make the playoffs well there's injuries right so well why are there injuries is it dumb luck is it we're not in good enough condition where they overtax certain players well, you know whatever you know, there's a lot of different things that go into that so we tackled that so the message was to try to um and then the, the the second part of that is try to get their work ethic identity back they felt they had lost a bit of that whether it was because of injury because of covid they didn't have practice time i don't know i wasn't here so i'm not going to comment on that i'm just this was some of it. So we started in training camp kind of buttoning down on that again. We're going to get back to work, put the work boots on, and, and um, that's going to be part of the process. And I think it helped us with our start last year. Um, obviously, I had a different way to play defense. I wanted our, our, our defensive identity to, you know, to, to be there again. There was the goals against went up that year. Again, could be injuries, could be a lot of different things. So we wanted to tighten up those areas. So that was the message, and that was the message I – basically passed on to the guys we're going back to work training camp was probably a little more difficult than it had been in the previous couple of years <coughs> special group of guys it's a good question i mean i knew we had good players when we started 13 and 2 we were relatively healthy so you know you've got a good team we weren't winning by accident yet we still had lots of growth in our game so you know that there was we were going to get better if we got to our ceiling and which we did in the playoffs and i think it started to kick in this later in the second half of the year. We'd lost a few players and we just kept on keeping on, so to speak. So you start thinking, yeah, we've got a chance. I think the Edmonton series put us over the hump in terms of, hey, we can we can get this done in terms of winning the cup. So those were the three areas of the year you're probably looking at where you start to recognize what you truly have in the room. Confidence is important for everyone, but I feel like for goalies, maybe even more. So I'm curious, do you notice uh probably not yet to be honest jesse last year i thought he was a pretty laid back guy that sometimes you can mistake for does he care enough right when you're laid back like you always got to be careful that's just some people's way they go about their business but when the puck drops like william carlson's not this overtly chomping on nails guy ready to go but you know he cares and and when the puck drops he's he's all in so you got to be careful that you don't judge a guy just on raw emotion before the game or things like that. Um, so with Aiden, 
I, I hope he's more confident because he should be. He's earned that sort of characteristic he should have. He just won, he just won a Stanley Cup uh, as the starting goaltender for the most part, right? So um, as long as it doesn't affect his work ethic and how he prepares and understand there's still the process involved uh, all over again, um, then he should be fine and better. I mean, he's still a young guy that hasn't, He's scratching the surface of what he can be in this league, right? He hasn't played that many games. So um, I want him to be confident, but also understand that route he took to get here and, you know, keep going this way, not flattening out. <clears throat> uh, both maintenance days. Um, so they uh, should be back on the ice tomorrow, I suspect. Don't have anything on Whitey either yet. Um, so I know I said I would, but I don't. So uh, he won't play tomorrow. Either will Marty and uh, Marsh, uh, but that those were by design anyway. So uh, that I wouldn't read too much into that, but they won't be playing. One more question about last year. Uh, obviously, that game five against Florida went about as well. You couldn't script it any better, right? So as the, as the time was winding down, you know what's happening. I want to ask you what was kind of going through your mind as you look around the arena and kind of take it all in. What was that experience like? Well, I mean, it was going to be a first, so that, that was the first thing. It's finally. There's not relief, but just some sheer joy of, you know, arriving where you start every year wanting to get to, right? So there's that part. And there's a lot of different emotion, right? You know, the, the close calls, the your parents driving you all around hockey rinks, some injuries to me I had as a player because I always wanted to do it as a player. And now you get to, you know, it's, it's, it's very satisfying as a coach. And um, I think just as much as a player, to be perfectly honest with you, you're, you're around the team every day. So there's probably a lot of different things. You're looking for your family, where are they? They're with you the whole way. So um, there's not just one emotion. There's a lot. Bruce Cassidy, his media availability at City National Arena today. One thing that uh, he addressed the Zach White Cloud, they, they, they're mm -hmm. still waiting for those uh, yeah. results uh, to come in. I, was hopeful that we would have some indication uh, by today, and then you you don't, and now you're starting to do the old mind mm -hmm. jinx on yourself. Oh like, boy, working around. What does it mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it you know like working all uh, all those uh, angles? Loved what he said about Aiden Hill mm -hmm. and Phil Hill mm -hmm. and the leaning on the post, just how relaxed he is. And you got to be careful to be too relaxed and how you how you present yourself. And I never really thought of it that way, mm -hmm. but it's true that if if you're perceived to be too laissez-faire, mm -hmm. then that can actually work against you. And you, the coach or management might want more intensity. I don't think Aiden does enough as uh, initiating contact or in around the net but uh, yeah like there's a guy we could have a goalie go sure yes at, at some point this year uh i could totally see that happening uh i i think there is intensity but at times you like should he could he would he put a little bit more in intensity it, it, it's your personality but and goalies are obviously different. <laughs> uh, you know, with with Aiden, I think the the interesting thing is is that he is calm, he is relaxed. That is his personality. But as you bring up, there are times, or there were times throughout that playoff run, where Aiden Hill was not shy about getting in the middle of something because 
it matters to him. Because last night there was a couple of instances mm-hmm. where he was initiating contact. Yeah, for sure. So with Aiden, like I, I think as long as you've got those signs that that kind of go along with the chill hill, the relaxed Aiden that we've come to understand, uh, that's that's an indication that he's on the right track. And you know, I I, I think you, you got to let him be who he is, but uh, you also have to let him lean into this confidence too, because I he, he should be very calm. He should be. Uh, the, the, the feeling the best that he's ever felt going into a training camp and going into a season. Uh, you were in the dressing room today, and mm. the guys are still talking about that melee, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was fantastic because you know it, you get to see. Uh, There's five veteran guys on the ice. For, there were. Yes. Yeah. And so it was. It was the melee. Obviously, everybody comes comes in, and it, you get to see a, a certain sense of like the 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 boyhood. Um, just kids out there playing a game sense when uh, when when you have those moments. Once everyone knew Mark Stone was okay, it was more about just, you know, okay, go in, we hit him, hit him, and then this guy's over there, we hit him. And who, who are you listening to? It's, it was Petro. Petro. Yeah. And he 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 loved it. He loved he loved every minute of it. He thought it was he thought it was funny. So I, I mentioned that because I, I know that you were watching that uh, that conversation take place. And it it connects to uh, the trip podcast that, that mm. was published today. I talked to Cole Caulfield, Montreal Canadian forward, and we went through. A, he's got a great nickname that a former Montreal or Montreal Canadian legend wants and has loaned him. Uh, so, so listen to that. But Tom Wilson's the other guy, mm. and Tom Wilson is is he a villain? Is he not like he doesn't like the villain role? He mm. thinks he's past that, but he's been suspended a few times. High hit, like I. I would still classify him as a villain myself. I told him that. Really? And I, 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 but I like villains. I think the, the villains are needed in sports. I, we, we absolutely require them to engage our fandom. So here's, here's my take on Tom Wilson. My stance has softened on him being like a, a detriment to the game at times. I kind of like him now. Yeah. He was awesome to talk. I've met Tom a couple of times, but mm. he, he was so much fun to sit down at the player media tour and to talk uh, about. But he said one of the best bonding things that you can do as a team is a five-on-five, five, 10 guys <laughs> going at it on the ice. <laughs> and he runs through the – listen to this podcast and the, the Tom Wilson interview. And it's the two of us sitting in dressing room six at City National Arena on a – Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. before training camp starts and the excitement that comes out of Tom's inflection when he starts talking about you have a 10 guys squaring off and a five on five and you get back to the room and you start start talking about I had this guy and I took that guy and I got uh, the upper hand over here like it just blossoms the excitement and that's in direct response to what we saw last night mm-hmm. and you witnessed today in the dressing yeah. room. It was a five-on-five five melee, yeah. and 24 hours later, the guys are still having fun with it. Yeah. That happened, and the play was going on, and everybody was jumping in the air. And... It's, it's amazing because it's, it's those little moments where you bond, and you don't necessarily think about – Jumping into a pile as no, bonding, it but it is with winning or losing, no. or the boys in the room, or anything like that. It was just organic, spontaneous <laughs> combustion, and then you go in and everybody's just bumping. Yeah, 
Yeah, Thompson's going to be the next captain of the uh, Washington Capitals, too. Yeah, I'd agree with that. After Ovi. That's that's going to be fun. He plays. A, he he has a job. Every time Ovi scores, mm-hmm. Ovi looks at him. Tom goes and gets the puck. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's like that's his. <laughs> he's going to be captain. Ovi. They have this unofficial like mm-hmm. look. Ovi scores. He's tra- tracking down Wayne Gretzky. You go get the puck. I'm 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 loving that we're going to be in a world one day where Brad Marchand and Tom Wilson are captains at the same time. <laughs> it, I love it. It's, it's amazing. That's a great point. <laughs> That's an unbelievably good point. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Not me. Unfortunately, you won't get your way where Corey Perry is also a captain oh, of the team. Come on. Worm. Do it, Chicago. It's the right decision. Best nickname ever. Worm. <laughs> we got one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League uh, coming up, uh, and we'll tell you why we're paying attention to the studio at Fox Sports Las Vegas. We continue after this. <laughs> Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. We're getting into this whole studio thing. I've been teasing it for an hour. It's not going to live up to the delivery no. and the build-up, uh, but, uh, but it, it's interesting what's going on in and around the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Big news coming out of Tampa Bay. Back surgery for Andre Vasilevsky. He was in one-timers a couple of days ago. We were talking about how he's going to practice for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they've just been taking it slow. It's a long season, saying all the right things. Uh, But he was bothered by an injury midway through last season that he worked his way through or played through, Mm -hmm. I guess is the better way to put it. And came back to training camp and sounded like he was had suffered some kind of setback or, or was dealing with another nagging situation. Yeah. Now we know. It's a back injury, and he's out 10 weeks. So you're looking at, at 10 weeks beginning of December. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it, with Andre Vasilevsky, we're talking about not just one of the best, the best goaltender in the game. Right, like, yeah. We're also talking about the guy that that just always plays all the time for the Tampa Bay Lightning, consistently over. He played 60, sixty games last 60, year. Yeah, consistently at or over sixty games in a season. So much to the point where you you like set your watch to how consistent Vasilevsky is. You don't ever really know at any point in time who the backup goaltender is for the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is. This is tough news for them. Brian Elliott was the backup the last mm-hmm. few years. Yeah. The Moose Man. Louis Domingue at a, at a point. Who's the backup now? Jonas Johansson. Okay. He's a guy that's bounced around. He's everybody's favorite waiver pickup. <laughs> yep. Uh, Colorado. He's Florida. He's Buffalo. Look, they're, they're going to acquire a goaltender. Yeah. With all due respect to Johansson. They're going to need some some help here, and some some significant help. They need they need somebody that can get the job done, but they they need someone with with more NHL experience than twenty eight starts. That's what you well, look was, look at his has. numbers. Yeah. Oh oh oh. Oh boy. What what what's the win loss? Uh, GAA and okay. SVPG. He's eleven thirteen and four. Yeah, so 11 wins, 13 losses, four uh, ties or overtime, or overtime or shootout. Uh, he's an 886 
uh, save percentage and a 3.35 goals against average. Now, that his job with those numbers in Tampa, yeah. perfectly manageable. Sure, yeah. But not for two and a half months. No, that's not ideal. It's This is... This might be the situation that turns the tide from one of those teams in the Atlantic getting into the playoffs uh-huh. to two teams getting into the playoffs. What are the what are the options for for Tampa in terms of goaltenders? You think they do trade well, or waivers? Well, Yaroslav Halak does not have a contract yet. Okay, that's that's an interesting. He name. didn't want to sign to be a third guy anywhere. He wouldn't be now. And that's a name that I could see being plugged in there. Yeah. And it wouldn't cost you anything. Uh, you give them some performance bonuses uh, on the on the contract that would cost you next year when the cap goes up, uh, that kind of thing. There's a name just strictly right off the top of my head. Yeah. That I could see sliding into that that type of situation. Veteran guy. A lot of experience. Did a really good job back half of last year in New York. I was surprised that Chris Drury went in another direction uh, than yep. Yaroslav Halak. Yeah. So that that would be my front runner when it came to uh, the possibility of, of Tampa adding some insurance there. Yeah, that's a that's a great name um, without a contract. So that that fits the bill. We'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been tracking him lately. I don't think he signed anywhere in Europe or anything like that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. But there's Breezeball's job in, in Tampa mm-hmm. got more interesting than Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos. <laughs> and I love Stammer. Yeah. But, Steve, you just you, you fell down another peg on the priority list, right? And he would understand <laughs> this one. He would understand this one. Well, yeah, I, I think Steven Stamkos understands this, this situation not being a priority, but... Ooh, all the contracts that have been handed out in Tampa and your captain still doesn't have an extension. That's tough. So it, it kind of goes down the path again of what do you want? A true number one mm. or a tandem? I, I mean, like, I feel like in this day and age, it's a tandem. 100%. Now It's gone that direction. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's many fan bases in the National Hockey League that wouldn't accept Andre Vasilevsky on their team. The talent, it's it's immense, it's ridiculous, but I would love to have the insurance, the 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 understanding, the the feeling that you don't have to go out and make some reactionary decision because you've got a guy that you can count on and that you can trust as your 1B. So you know, you have to be able to be resilient from from an injury standpoint. And Vasilevsky's been resilient to this point as an individual. But organizationally, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning wish that they had somebody else in the fold right now that could carry the mail. Corey Schneider retired yesterday. Come out of retirement. <laughs> Shortest retirement <laughs> Let's ever. Let's do it. I'm all for it. I love Corey Schneider. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> One day too late or too early. <laughs> Vasilevsky's workload is remarkable yeah. in this in this era where everybody continues to go down and, and games played and playoffs they he went to three straight Stanley Cup mm-hmm. finals mm-hmm. 
and played every game. Like, there was no Pope taking him out of a game, nope. giving him a rest, nope. and and coming back fresh the next game. Uh, his his totals. This is from 17 on. 50 games, 65, 53, 52, 42. That was COVID. 63 and 60. Yeah, no wonder he's got back problems. 42 games in a 56-game season? Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, so I've been talking about the control room and the, yeah. the, the situation that we're monitoring. Yes. I don't know how many days I've been back. It feels like 10 shows in and around there. It's been close. That tracks. Eight or nine, 10. And we've been perfect in the sense of we've required either the engineer or IT support to come in and help our show. Perfectly flawed. Mic's going down, <laughs> headphones going down, the the audio board having issues, Chapman talking on the air. Callers like, not coming Callers through. not being, uh, yeah. being able to be heard. We're still working on the callers, being able to hear the show while they're on hold. So we've got this perfect run going. Mm -hmm. And today, Ryan Wallace, I give you all the credit in the world. You said it's done today. We're, yep. We are going to, that, that chart that you have at the office with the post office or the warehouse where it says number of days since an incident, yes. an accident. Yes. We are going to, we're going to. Wipe the zero off. We're gonna, we're, gonna, the, we're gonna get on the board with a one. We've got a streak going. Yeah, in the right direction. We're gonna do it. Yes. Little did we know, even as you and I had that conversation, and mm. I said, "No chance, we mm. get through today. Yeah. It's it's not gonna happen." Little did we know, we'd already lost. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I asked for a clock you, last week. You did. There was no clock in here, and we're all over the place with timing. And I'm like, how are we supposed to stay on time, yep. Chapman, if we don't have a clock? So Chapman goes out to the Dollar Tree <laughs> and buys a clock. Yeah, I did. A beautiful, nice, digital clock. Big numbers. Huge numbers. He's got the temperature switched to Fahrenheit now. Uh, he did the Celsius uh, initially out of respect for the Canadian. But it it has the date, the day, humidity, everything. Mm -hmm. Except today when we started the show, yep. for some reason, the clock had vanished. Missing. So we can't put our one up That's... because he had to leave the studio oh. during the first commercial break and track down the missing clock. Did I did I find it? Did I come back with the clock? Well, you did, but it wasn't here. It wasn't here. Well, it's not my fault. So we had an we had another we had incident. an incident. It, it, it's it's not about placing blame. No. It's about the fact that there was an incident. Yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. No, except well, we had to have an intervention in the sense of. We had to fix something that wasn't right in the and, in the studio. And now I'm concerned because you and I are on location tomorrow. Yeah, I thought we had a real We're chance rink, with you right? and I here. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll be good tomorrow because oh. you don't need the clock, right? You won't need the clock in the studio. By the way, the clock somehow ended up on the on the front desk. How did that happen? And it, well, that's nothing. One day last week, I'm walking into the studio mm -hmm. and the clock, because. You know how we have this door next to our, our studio that goes to the patio uh -huh. where some people smoke? Yep. They shouldn't, but they do. Well, the clock was next to one of the plants on the floor. 
So somebody is purposely taking the clock out of the studio and putting it in random places. You and I, I think I know who it is. Do you think they're doing it on purpose to screw with you? I do think you? they're... No. I don't think they're doing it to screw with me. I just think they're doing it because they don't care. They don't want the clock here. Why would... Why, would they, why I, would they not just flip when, it down? When when I tell you who it is, it'll make sense. Who is it? I'm not going to tell you on the why air. Why can't you tell us on the air? Because I don't want to get my butt kicked. It's a clock thief. No. No. <laughs> this person might kick my butt, so... But they're not going to kick my butt. Yeah, they will. Let's go. I, Give I, me the name. I'm not telling you on the air. So then he walks in after, after finding the clock. Yeah. Walks in, and you and I are having a conversation, mm-hmm. and oh, we're, we're not boy. using some names, yep. and we're, we're having this private discussion. Yep. And out of nowhere, Chapman looks and goes, we'll just say, you've already said the name, Duva. And it, it had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> oh, jeez. And, and, and you go, Duva. I'm like, what's with Duva? Yeah. And you're like, well, you already said his name. I'm like, that has he, he's not who we're talking about at all. Why are I don't know where you found this, Duva from. This story did not need to be aired, by the way. Well, it has but, nothing to do with no, Duva. But, no, I know. That's what I thought I heard you say. That's why I said, oh, well, you already said his name. You no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I didn't. Well, I know that now, but that's what I thought. I thought I heard him say that. Uh, we have tickets to give away to tomorrow night's game. Yes. Coyotes. Hey. Tomorrow night's game against the Arizona Coyotes. Four tickets available. We are uh, sponsoring again tomorrow night. Huh. It's awesome. Lotus is Fantastic. owning this whole preseason. Uh, Ninth Island night, too. Yes, you're right. Uh, wonderful. Uh, my friend uh, Jaina over at the the DMV. Mm. Really looking forward to, to that. Don't order your day flipping one. License plate though it's not going to it's not going to make it through she's she's on to that one uh, so seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty we'll send you to tomorrow night's fourth preseason game for the Vegas Golden Knights second one at T Mobile a Friday night uh, tilt on the Strip uh, we got some friends from Canada that's it's going to be an awesome night we're looking forward to it if you are caller number nine nine. You get to go. Call 702-876-1340 and say hi to Chapman. Ask him how the clock is. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Here's my uh, just open plug for a co-worker. Like a borderline friend, but not quite there just yet. Gary Calloway, who you guys both know from the communications content PR yep. department over at uh, City National Arena with the Vegas Golden Knights, a part of Positivity Alley. Garrett is doing a triathlon this weekend Yep. over at Lake Mead. Mm-hmm. He's from Boulder City. He's always wanted to do it. It's a, I believe it's a sprint triathlon. Yep. I keep calling it a sport triathlon, but a sprint triathlon, which is lower distances, mm-hmm. shorter distances than a full triathlon. He's never done this before. He's been training all summer. Mm-hmm. So we want to wish him the best of luck. It starts with that swim in the Lake Mead, oh. which there's no dock. You just they, they blow the whistle or yeah. sound the horn, and you run into the water. It would take me 45 minutes yeah. to get into the into the water. Yeah, because you'd get yeah. stuck in the mud. I was more thinking it was cold. Well, oh, yeah, it is cold. Be, it'll be cold. But there's a lot of mud, too. But we wish Garrett all the best in his sprint triathlon. I was thinking though, hmm. what if we race him race in the triathlon? Him. Okay. The three of us, and we all have to take a discipline. <clears throat> oh, so we got the swim, yeah, 
the bike and the run. Well, I don't trust you on the bike, so you're so, you're, so off. I'm off. Yeah, you're off. off the wheels. I'm taking the bike. I'm taking right. the bike. I, I trust my legs on the bike. I don't trust my lungs on the bike, but I trust my. You taking the run or the swim? I was a good runner at one point in my life. Yeah, you were. So I'll take the run. Okay, and I'll do the swim. It's a five k. I used to I used to do yeah. those. I think the bike's. It's, it's not an overwhelming distance, but no. you put the three together. Yeah, it's no, hard. it's tough. It's it's brutal. You guys know know Garrett. Yes, he's a fit kid. Yeah, he's a young guy, young healthy, he's good looking young, guy, young healthy, fit kid. Could the three of us combined as a team beat Garrett? Well, no, because you're going to take 45 minutes getting into the water. Yeah, you just told us that. He if can't. I, he can't do the swim now. Yeah, that's yeah. a good well, point. I can't swim. I mean, I can swim. I don't know how, how far do I got to swim. That's not very long. Okay. Wait, I'll, I'll on, give you a water on. wings. Darren, can you run? I could run. Um, I'd, I'd all right, pain. then maybe we'll swap. Okay. I you could do did, the swim. But do you think the three of us could beat? No. Garrett. Not a chance. No. Who's no. never done this before? I don't. I mean, I think we would have a have a shot at the swim and the run. Like I'm I, think, I think Ryan I would beat him the in the bike ride. I have a feeling Ryan could beat him in the bike ride. So we'd have to make up the the time on the swim and run to keep Ryan in in the the loop here. But we got to go. We'd be fresh. All right, let's get training. We're going to do it on Saturday. Okay.